We've talked uh, in past shows about how we, at some point, need to address this very controversial issue of tuition hikes at the University of California. And to help us do that is a former general manager here at the station at KDVS, Neil Rood. And Neil is up on the topic. And it is, like I said, a very important one to anyone who is curious about what's going on at the UC campuses. And so I want to start out by saying, welcome Radio Parallax, Neil Rood. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're glad to have you back, and you've been doing some some strong work here on this area of tuition, and I, and I gather that a lot of this, I guess we can start off by noting that um, that what people are hearing about why there is this controversy, uh, it's not really the whole story, and you've sent me a, a very, very fascinating um, piece of research done by Professor Bob Meister, I think it is, at UC Santa Cruz. Yeah. And let's maybe start out by talking about this piece about how, well, there's, there's just more to the story here. Yeah, well, actually, the thing that really strikes me about this piece um, that you mentioned is that it, um, it was written back in 2009 when the first 32% fee increase was proposed, um, starting off this round of huge increases um, in student fees. And... Uh, Back then in 2009, a lot of protesters were targeting administrators and, uh, you know, most uh, media outlets, most, um, you know, experts on the issue, they were all kind of saying, well, why aren't you asking the state why they aren't giving the UCs more money? You know, aren't, aren't the, isn't the state the problem? Well, then you have to ask the question, well, why isn't the state giving the UCs money? And it turns out that um, tuition is now basically leveraged as collateral against these huge loans and bonds that the universities are taking out. And the only way that they can really um, secure these huge loans is on the premise that, oh, well, you know, if, if we don't really make enough money otherwise, we can just raise student fees. And so as these bigger loans have been taken, been, I mean, these bigger bonds and everything have been taken out, student fees have been increasing. And uh, in fact, Moody's has even dropped um, the UC system's credit rating uh, because of how much um, they're borrowing, even beyond what, um, you know, some say is uh, what would be expected given the lack of funding from the state. Well, we, we have this idea that tuition is something that students are going to pay directly related to uh, to getting an education, but, but as this piece points out, as other work you've done, I'm sure, corroborates, well, these funds are used for a lot of things. Uh, besides just pure education, and that's for sure. Yeah, and actually one of the things that happens, too, is if you're using these um, these student fees to pay off debt, you know, that's what it looks like in uh, when, the when the UC releases their finances. But it turns out that a lot of these projects, because they're done through independent contractors and all sorts of things, not only, you know, are, are these not going to um, union-employing, uh, contractors and organizations, but, you know, we're not seeing the line items on these things. So it's kind of a way to obfuscate what this money is actually being spent on. And, and I just, again, I'm struck reading this article about how, well, when, they, when they're floating these bonds out there for construction and such things, uh, they put in all their prospectuses that, oh, yeah, don't worry about this because we can just raise tuition to get the funds to pay all this back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much laid out um, in, you know, internal documents and things that are uh, not exactly public record uh, just yet. But I mean, for example, one of the things is the UC knows that it's or the, the UC office of the president knows that they're going to be under extra scrutiny this year when they release their finances. 
and they delayed releasing their finances this year. So, you know, you kind of, um, I think that we need to be very skeptical when it comes to how the university is spending a lot of the money that it's getting. And it's no wonder to me that, you know, the state is questioning whether or not they should be giving the universities more money, because what's that money going to go toward? Is it going to go towards the master plan of having this world-class research institution? Or is it going to go towards more of these um, bonds and uh, more construction? And really, we might just see student fees go up again. There's also a piece we should mention uh, by Charles Schwartz in UC Berkeley, which you thank me, which you sent me, and I thank you for that, Neil. Uh, talking about how UC's management has sort of been supersizing its growth, which is uh, which is perhaps a part of the problem here. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's there's. I think that there is an argument that exists out there as to why this is happening. I mean, the UC <clears throat> the UCs have been raising uh, rising in college rankings, especially UC Davis in the last few years. So there's kind of this weird um, justification of why the administration is increasing. But at the same time that the administration is increasing, the university is hiring fewer tenured professors. They're hiring more researchers and more lecturers, kind of weakening the longstanding tradition of having, you know, this um, uh, professorships and, you know, these people that have this lifelong relationship with the university and the students there. Um, and this move kind of towards mitigating issues rather than really directly responding to them. Well, I have in my right hand here a big old pile of articles out of the Sacramento Bee, which I cut out, talking about UC facing flack on its tuition hikes. These date back to November when they were having some meetings on this. And um, I guess it sounds as though Jerry Brown and a lot of people in the state are, are, are fighting this, even, trying to, even to the point of trying to put in some UC regents that are against it, but that this is a battle that's not necessarily being won. No, yeah, actually, and one of the weirdest things about it, too, is, I mean, back in September of this year, the UCOP announced that they'd be increasing the salaries of some of their chancellors by up to 20%. Right. Um, what they said was a correction of, their word, injustices done to the chancellors, whose base salaries were some of the lowest in 62 leading research universities. You know, and even then, uh, Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom voted against that, that pay increase. So you can kind of see that the state... You know, they want to see the UC do a better job of controlling their costs, maybe getting a little bit more efficient with everything. And the UCs are trying to say, on the other hand, that they're already being as efficient as possible, yet they're increasing the size of the administration and uh, those fees as well. I mean, in that um, article I sent you, it shows that the total uh, full-time equivalency uh, employment growth in the UC system has grown between 1991 and 2012 by uh, 51%, <clears throat> the management of the full-time staff or, or you know, full-time equivalency, it grew 252%. In that same period, student fees have increased um, by an extraordinary amount as well. So you kind of have to ask, why is the size of the administration increasing faster than the total full-time equivalency of the UC system. And this also speaks to the fact also that we're hiring well, more lecturers instead of professors. And that's leading to, you know, fewer full-time staff overall. And Neil, I don't know if you have some of what the numbers are on all of this, but I know they were talking about 5% per year increases, uh, which over five years, that's what, like 28%? And they're already, they already voted, I, I guess they did vote in November to increase it by 30%. So we're talking about an additional almost 30% on top of a 30%. Does that, does that sound right? That's almost right. So um, basically what they did is they um, 
the state said that they would give the UC system 4% more funding this year, overall um, contribution from the state. Uh, Then what um, the UC Office of the President and the the Regents did instead was they voted for 5% tuition increases every year for five years, and that compounds to a little around 28% uh, of an increase over the next five years. And every regent voted for it, except for uh, Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom, Governor Jerry Brown, and the student regent, Sadia Safudin, I think is how you say her name. Okay. And, um, you know, they all kind of said a very similar thing of, you know, well, we're, we're willing to work with you on this, but if you do this, then we can't, you're kind of tying our hands. We don't really want to give you more money if you're already going to be raising student fees, because the only reason we'd want to give you money is to reduce the burden on students. And uh, Sadia, the student regent, when she voted no, she turned to Governor Brown and Lieutenant Governor Newsom and said, you know, I don't think we should be increasing student fees, uh, but we do need more help from the state. So I would like to work with you on, you know, creating a system moving forward that would prevent the lack of funding that's going on now. Um, But she also was very careful to make sure that she didn't uh, remove blame from the administration, um, where a lot of us are kind of starting to say that, you know, there's there's gross mismanagement going on here. It's not that the state's not giving them money. Well, there were three nay votes. How many yay votes were there? Do you know? Um, every regent voted for it. Which is what, 15? Uh, 15? voted for it as well. 15 um, people, something like that? Yeah, it's like 12. There's like 12 actual votes, and then there's like four um, advisory votes. I see. Um, and three of the four advisory votes were no. And then all of the regents that actually, whose votes count, voted for it. I see. So to, to change some in that regard is going to mean changing a lot of personnel. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean one of the things that I think is key to notice here is that um, the two politicians sitting on the board, they didn't vote for it um, because, you know, they're elected. So they're responsible to the voters. They're representative of the voters. And the regents are appointed. They're not representative of the voters. They're, they're representative of their own interests and their, their own perspective on the way that these things should work. Um, I know some people have said, well, you know, maybe students should be paying more for school, but that's not the same deal that people got 20 years ago that led to the economic boom that we saw back then. Well, there's been a lot of protesting going on, and I'd like to sort of get your thumbnail uh, appraisal of of how that's going, because I know a lot of people are upset about it all across the UCs, and there have been a lot of very public uh, expressions of, of displeasure by students and faculty about this. Yeah. I mean, I've been involved with the protests against student fees um, starting in 2009 when I was a freshman, and then again a junior in 2011, um, and then this time around in 2014 um, as an alumni, or what Chancellor Katehi refers to as outside agitators. Um, (laughs) And, you know, it's definitely every time there's always some bumps along the road and everything, but I think that we're starting to see sort of a hybrid of the different tactics that have emerged in protest movements all throughout the country. And um, students are learning their lesson of not trying to continue um, organizing actions through winter, and we're seeing everyone kind of take a step back and look at some other things that we can work on, including preparing for spring to start some more long-lasting protest movements. Um, you know, some of the breakoff discussions have even been about putting a proposition on the ballot this year and or in the upcoming general election in California, because so few people turned out to vote. So 
the petition threshold for getting a uh, proposition on the ballot is much lower than usual. So it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to have a bunch of UC or CSU or community colleges get together and all kind of say, well, let's let's gather these signatures and really push to for some institutional reform. Everything from, uh, you know, more um, like funding that's based in statute rather than um, constantly legislated by the UC regents or even, you know, a complete overhaul of the way that the regents are selected. Um, for example, I mean, some of the regents, they are on the boards of organizations like Bank of America. Monica Lozano, one of the UC regents, is on the board of Bank of America, an organization that makes a tremendous profit off of increased student uh, loans and student debt and, you know, all of the things that tend to happen when you increase uh, tuition fees. So we've kind of got this weird thing where business interests are in control of our education system. And uh, politicians are actually the ones that are saying, no, we need to cut costs, we need to reduce uh, the cost to students, and we need to really refocus on what we're doing here. So there's a lot of different uh, avenues that we're trying to pursue. And there's also kind of, a, you know, some slight tie into to a lot of the Ferguson, Eric Garner stuff that's going on. A lot of the protesters are kind of jumping back and forth between the two camps um, and borrowing tactics and, you know, educating each other and everything on all of these different things. So I'm really excited to see what starts to happen when the weather gets better. Well, I know that you're going to be doing a lot of work here in the cold of, of winter to prepare for what can be done. And any developments regarding the ballot initiative or this this issue as it progresses, you're, you're certainly welcome back on this program later in the quarter to update us, and I hope you will. Yeah, I'd be happy to. But but I want to know, too, that this is part of a national picture. People are asking the question, how is it that students out there are being asked to borrow all this money to finance their education? And uh, there's been a lot of scandals involved with student loans that are going to these uh, these trade schools and the like. Apparently, that's the bulk of what student loans do go to. And it's it's quite it's quite really a national issue, even apart from what's going on here at UC. Yeah, I mean, you look at... President Obama and Senator uh, Warren have both said that this is a real issue that, you know, we can't keep going on with student debt like this. I mean, a lot of students are going into more debt than people take out on a mortgage um, for an education, which is, you know, ideally going to help them buy a house. But now it may be the very thing that prevents them from getting a house. Well, Neil, I'm sure that people are going to want to follow this very closely, a lot of students. Uh, and you're, I know that you're quite an expert on, on resources on the web. Where can you direct people for, to follow this and to, and to participate? Yeah, so there's a number of places on Facebook you can follow what's going on. So there's Take Back Tuition. It's one word, and that's um, the uh, UC Davis um, organization page for um, – these efforts, and so you can you can follow upcoming actions and what people are working on on that page. Uh, and then there's also, if you're interested more in what's going on all across um, the state, there's a group called United UC for Tuition Reform. That one is basically it's uh, where all of the different UCs are posting information together and coordinating and that's actually probably the best place to follow what's going on statewide and you may even be able to find a local group in there um, to find out how you might be able to get involved. There's also um, a website takebacktuition.org again that's one word and that website is still a work in progress but there will be more information there uh, if you check back in like a month or so. 
so all of these things, it's really interesting. Um, the ASUCD actually has an office of advocacy now, and they helped start some of this stuff. But then, of course, they handed it over to, um, you know, the students who were interested in kind of running this stuff day to day because that office is um, involved in a lot of different things. But there's this different method of mobilization now. In the past, you know, it used to be people would go to their union bosses or, you know, they'd go to their phone tree or whatever and call down the phone tree and organize all those people. Whereas now with um, Facebook and social media, people can invite their friends or post stuff just on social media. And we can reach a whole group of people and students that we would have never been able to reach in the past to organize for these things. And then the other thing too about it is people are also able to educate themselves on these issues much more easily by spreading information through social media. Um, for example, the two articles that um, I shared with you, um, those I both found because someone I was working with doing research on these things sent those to me and said, oh, here, look at what somebody did back in 2009. Uh, or, oh, here, look at what these grad students at Berkeley are researching as far as the actual institutional uh, shifts that are happening that are causing these, uh, these issues. Well, I, I, I wish you the best in all of these efforts, and we're going to continue to follow them and, and have you back to talk about it. I just, in closing, I just want to note it. This whole thing kind of breaks my heart. I look at what it cost for me as an undergraduate back in the 1970s or as a medical student in the 1980s, and the, we were charged reg fees. They were, they were a tiny fraction of what people are being stuck with now on tuition. And, and I'm just, you know, it seems to me that in a state that spends this much money on uh, – on prisons, which we seem to be building everywhere, and, and prison guard unions and such, that I wonder if there's just some way we can't uh, get get back to where we were before. I don't know whether you have any hope that that, that can be done. I mean, I think it's going to take um, some pretty substantial institutional reform, and I think that um, there's a new type of politics that's emerging out there that's really going to change things, but it's going to take some time. You know, seeing what's going on with... Um, Ferguson and Eric Garner and tuition increases and, you know, Occupy Wall Street, all these different movements, you know, there's a lot of overlap in the people that are participating in these things and a lot of growth, a lot of education. And we're starting to see, um, you know, new politicians step up. I mean, someone like Elizabeth Warren, for example, would not have had the national stage six years ago. Um, and now, I mean, she's people are talking about drafting her to run for president. And um, it's a much larger group of people than have, there have been in the past. And I think that there's all these disenfranchised groups that are trying to figure out how to talk to each other. And uh, the Internet's really enabling that to happen, I think. Well, Neil Rood, you're doing some good work, and I encourage you to keep doing that good work and, and, and come back soon and talk more about the developments that, uh, as, as, they, as they come forward. I'd love to. Keep up the good work yourself. That about does it for today's program. Our thanks to Donna Abadoni and Neil Rood. This program was produced, as they all are, by Edward McMillan. You have been listening to Radio Parallax. And uh, I look forward to seeing you next week at the same time. I'm Douglas Everett.